If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K. Basic.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, unfortunately, you're here to talk about another loss for the Green Bay Packers, fourth in a row. The final was 27-17 in Buffalo on Sunday night football and a different pattern to this game from previous weeks. The Packers got off to a terrible start, fell behind 14-0, 24-7 at the half. And that was just way too big a hole to try to climb out of against a team that I believe is going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Whether they do or not, they are a bona fide Super Bowl contender in the Buffalo Bills. You can't play from behind against that bunch. No, and it was the big comment that a lot of guys in the locker room, including Rasul Douglas, talked about afterwards, is that you, you can't spot a team like that 21 points. I mean, in, in the way that it went for Green Bay, too, was probably the most frustrating because, once again, the defense got a three and out right off the bat. Right. I mean, but, you know, even the Packers were able to move the ball a little bit, but then they hit those doldrums, and those doldrums last a quarter and a half, and... Second half started, they were able to turn the tide a little bit, but offensively, in Matt LaFleur touchdown on Monday, this was a game where Green Bay ran the ball really well. They controlled the time of possession. They actually won the turnover battle. But what was the biggest issue? Too many explosive plays allowed, and the Bills being able to generate points basically off all those explosives. Yeah, I think for me, you know, you always look at these games, and it really is true that games in the NFL come down to a handful of plays all the time, right? And there's certainly that, that, that handful for me off the top of my head. The Packers have two fourth downs, two fourth and shorts that are in Buffalo territory where they get stopped, come up short, that, those potentially taking points off the board. Early in the game, you get Buffalo in a third and fourteen when the Bills are in scoring territory, and Josh Allen is able to get out of the pocket, scramble for 20 yards, puts them in uh, you know, first and goal, and then they ultimately score a touchdown. That's a four-point play because it's a touchdown, ends up being a touchdown instead of a field goal. And then the Packers getting a touchdown wiped out on the offensive pass interference call on Robert Tunyon. That's another four-point play because the Packers end up settling for a field goal on that drive instead of getting a touchdown. Those are the types of things that that add up. It, it's it's always it's those handful of plays that you look that you look back at with regrets. Where yes, even though the Packers were down 17 and they were down multiple scores as they were trying to come back the entire second half, 
it's those key plays that happen along the way that uh, that just make that hill so much harder to climb. Yeah, and, and for the Green Bay Packers, I mean, when you fall behind 24 to 7 and the second half starts and they're able to, you know, you're going to get the ball, you're going to have some opportunities. But the problem is when you are in a position where you are playing from behind against a defense of that caliber, against an offense of that caliber, it makes you make difficult decisions. Case in point, Buffalo is really prodigious for being able to defend the run out of their nickel defense. Well, why does that matter? It matters because it makes it so that you're not able to run as much maybe two-minute as you would being down three scores going into the second half. You know, the Packers ran the ball really well, but they kind of had to make an unaccustomed, uh, difficult sort of change of pace comeback where you're running the ball a lot, you're emphasizing that because, again, you're giving what the defense is, is, you know, you're taking what they're giving you. But it puts you in a position where the clock is your enemy. Uh, for the entire second half. There were a lot of good things that happened in this game for Green Bay. Uh, I I look at it, you know, them being 11-point dogs or whatever it was. Green Bay looked feisty. They, they, you know, played to the whistle. You saw how competitive this was, uh, how much, you know, it got a little chippy between the two teams. This was not a team that was lying down by any means. But the problem is, Mike, as I illustrated in our inbox, inside our inbox column, Packers could have been six and one, seven and zero oh going into this game. They might still have been the dogs going into this. Oh yeah, just yeah. based on the way that Buffalo has been playing and, and how they've won these games, especially at home. But when you lose to Washington, when you fall in the second half in London and drop that game against the Giants, you have to find a way to get these games back. Yeah. And for the Packers, as far as consistency was concerned, uh, being able to move the ball through the air. There were not enough of those little things that happened in this game to be able to pull off that upset. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrict Apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Yeah, I like what you said, though, about the Packers, sort of the, the, the fight in the dog, so to speak, that the Packers showed. And, I, and, I, and I, think that, I think that showed up because the Packers were running the ball and they were taking it to the number one rushing defense in the league. Yes, Buffalo was playing both of its safeties back. But that's what they've done all season, and they've still stopped the run. They've been the best run defense in the league, and the Packers piled up 208 yards on the ground, 197 of them from Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, with Jones leading the way with 143 yards. The number of seven, eight, nine-yard runs coupled with, you know, I believe it was a 27-yard run by Dillon, a 32-yard run by Jones. You had some other 11- and 13-yard runs sprinkled in there. The Packers, the Packers showed their fight by lining up and really trying to just run it right at them. And I think if there's a, if if there's a silver lining that you take out of this game, that's what it is because the Packers showed they can run the ball against a really good run defense. They can build they can build their offense around that. But as both Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers said after the game, you also you still have to be able to push the ball down the field through the air at the crucial moments, and that's what the Packers need to find as Romeo Dobbs continues to play, as Samari Toure, 
who got his first NFL touchdown, and Dobbs made a couple of spectacular catches in this game. Dobbs looked like the Dobbs that we saw in training camp. Every day he was making plays like that in training camp, and I know the fans don't get to see that unless you're there at practice. We were seeing him making those kind of plays every day in camp, which is why we were talking about him so much, and he made two of those um, against Buffalo on Sunday night. So there are some of those signs moving forward, but the Packers are also still dealing with the injuries at receiver. Lazard missed the game, Cobb is still on IR, and Christian Watson, who was going to be a big part of this game plan, um, ends up taking a helmet-to-helmet shot on the opening possession of the game, and, uh, and he exits with a concussion. Fortunately, it sounds like Watson is okay, but that was a big blow for this offense with what they had built into the game plan for the rookie Watson. Well, first and foremost, looking at it from a humanistic standpoint, so relieving to hear that Christian Watson is yeah. doing fine. because That Mike, was a scary hit. Anytime you see a guy go down in the middle of the field, and unfortunately you and I have seen it, too many times over the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, your, your heart kind of gets up in your throat a little bit. And, you know, they had the backboard out there for a second. I mean, obviously they're trying to diagnose what's going on here and making sure his neck is fine. Right. To see him pop up and then to get that report from Matt LaFleur, as disappointed as Dobbs was, at, or excuse me, Watson was afterwards, it was great to hear that he's doing okay. You said Dobbs looked like he did during training camp. I'm going to go even one step further. I felt like all those receivers at the end of the game started looking like themselves in training camp again. Samori Toure. That's a good point. Dobbs was the star yeah. from the offseason program on. Samori Toure made some incredible plays in training camp. To be able to, to work off schedule with Rodgers there and get downfield open for that touchdown. Even Rodgers said a week earlier he had one catch for four yards, but Rodgers in this offense, they liked the things he was doing with the opportunities he got. You know, J- Jason Vrabel, the Packers receivers coach, even said, you know, after his first play where he went out there and just executed his assignment, was involved in a pass play, but executed his assignment, how excited that young man was about it. And then also Amari Rodgers. I know things have been kind of rough here at times for him as a punt returner. I think the last two weeks he's shown you what he can offer and what we've seen at times from him as a receiver. Yeah. He's a confident young receiver. And being able to make that play down the sideline, pretty simple go route, you know, just trying to get up on top of the defense. He made the catch when it was put right on him. He showed he he is also showing he's a reliable blocker as a receiver Absolutely. for the running game as well. That's yeah. another thing that is going to, regardless of, of where things are on special teams, right now with Amari Rogers, he's starting to earn himself more playing time. Obviously, Toure, two off-schedule plays uh, on, you know, late in the fourth quarter there with Rogers. The one, the throw was a little short, and, you know, he was almost able to get it on the dive coming back to the ball, um, but that one was incomplete. But he makes uh, essentially a route adjustment um, and, uh, you know, sees it the same way Aaron Rodgers does, and boom, 37-yard touchdown because he adjusted his route into the void in the coverage, and he was wide open, and Rodgers was totally comfortable just letting it rip, right? So those are the kinds of things, those are the kinds of things that you like to see, and we'll see, we'll see what happens moving forward. Unfortunately, the Packers are three and five and starting to get behind the eight ball here a little bit, two games under 500. Um, for the first time under Matt LaFleur, which I think in some respects we, we, we need to tip a cap of respect to that, that Matt LaFleur is in his fourth year as head coach, the middle of his fourth year as head coach, and this is the first time we're talking about the Green Bay Packers being two games under 500. But that said, Packers also dealing with um, or dealt with in the game some other injuries Elton Jenkins, sort of a last-minute decision, was unable to go, got his foot stepped on in practice late last week, 
ended up being questionable on the injury report. And then when inactives were announced 90 minutes before kickoff, that foot was just not good enough to go. So rookie Zach Tom, who made his first NFL start at left tackle in Washington the previous week, um, steps in and starts at left guard for Jenkins. And on the defensive side, Devondre Campbell exits with a knee injury, and then the Packers also lose uh, fellow inside linebacker Quay Walker to an ejection, a, a lack of discipline there on the sideline, which, uh, which was very upsetting for Matt LaFleur and, and certainly put this defense in a bind. I give credit to Isaiah McDuffie and Eric Wilson. They went in there as the two inside linebackers. It wasn't as though there were some you know, glaring weaknesses or gaping holes or anything like that in terms of how they played. But losing Devondre Campbell sounds like it's not a long-term injury, which is good news. But losing Devondre Campbell is, uh, you know, w- w- was a big blow to this defense because we saw in Washington and Quay Walker to that extent too. Those two guys played really, really well in Washington, and then now when you really needed them against against an offense like the Buffalo Bills, you didn't have either guy. Yeah, and, it, and unfortunate for for Campbell where he makes such a big game-breaking play, you feel like that could really be the ascent for him on the season, and then and then he gets knocked out by that injury. I don't want to say, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Isaiah McDuffie, the performance he had, and Eric Wilson, who's been here for less than a month, yeah, uh, being just able been to step in weeks. as an inside backer. Certainly played a lot of football in this league and a lot of defense, was a 16-game starter for Minnesota a number of years ago. But uh, going in there and only giving up three points in the second half, it sounded like there was maybe one call that was he was a little late getting in. But for the most part, being able to relay, relay that defense and then play the positions um, – critical for what Green Bay was able to do in the yeah, second half. A, a, another another young guy that started to prove himself in training camp and in the preseason yeah. this year, and Isaiah McDuffie had to step in there in a tough situation. Credit to him, he handled it well. Yeah, and, and you know, you look at the, the situation with Walker, and I was in the locker room and, and was one of the first ones to kind of to, to get to the breach, so to speak, uh, when, we, when we get in there. And Quay, to his, you know, I, I give a lot of respect for the young man and, and how he handled it. Uh, was very emotional, yeah, but sat in his locker and waited for the media to get in there. You know, talked to the media for about two and a half minutes, and then kind of was overcome by emotion and couldn't continue, so to speak. Um, but his big thing was, and you can read the stories, you can see all that stuff, but the understanding of how he fits into this puzzle, in that it's not just him, it's his football team. And this was the perfect example of why you can't put yourself in that situation, because worst-case scenario is realized when yeah. Devondre Campbell has to go out of that game. Isaiah McDuffie originally goes in as the will next to Campbell, and then suddenly he's in the mic role uh, when, when Walker's unavailable. So those are the type of things that you have to do because the, the, the thing that's underrated, Mike, is you know Quay's had to take a couple shots on the chin this year. It's a rookie getting used to it, but when he's moving and he's playing instinctually, he gets sideline to sideline fast, and he can collapse and fill. Uh, there's been a lot to like about his rookie season so far, and the Packers need him on the field. Jair Alexander said it after the game. He talked to him about it. He's like, you know, you just got to be able to keep your emotions in check because we need you out there. We need you. You're one of the best players on this defense, and we're not the same without you. Yeah. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Here's a question I want to ask you with regard to the defense because we talked about, obviously, with the the running game, 
what that showed offensively. Hopefully something to look forward to. We're seeing the rookie receivers continue to develop despite a four-game losing streak, which is not fun for anybody. But here's my question with regard to the defense. Last week in Washington, we saw the pick six by Campbell. We saw a fumble six that was unfortunately overturned by a penalty. Other interception opportunities they didn't quite come up with. Against Buffalo, Josh Allen got a little careless with the ball in the second half. The Packers got two interceptions. There was actually another, I think it was on the very first drive, that opening three and out. Alexander had a shot at an interception there in the first quarter. I'm wondering, is... Is the worm starting to turn, so to speak, with regard to turnovers with this Packers defense? Is it something Is it something that's potentially pointing in the right direction that can help to uh, that can help this defense start to generate some momentum and play the way it wants to yeah, play? Yeah, the reversal of fortune started on the Douglas pick because for whatever reason, Green Bay has not had those opportunities this year. Now, Aaron Rodgers, you and I get spoiled watching him play the position. He doesn't make a lot of you know dumb decisions with the football in terms of basically throwing it to the opposition. For whatever reason, Green Bay has faced a slew of backups, a slew of unproven guys, but they haven't really gotten those opportunities despite the fact there's been a decent amount of pressure on the opposing quarterback. Finally, Allen scrambles out of the pocket and just makes a completely ill-advised pass to Rasul Douglas. The difficult thing about defensive back position, because everybody likes to rip on, oh, well, they play quarterback for a reason. Well, they're also not the intended target. (laughs) <laughs> it is difficult when the opponent is not trying to get you the football and you have an opportunity in that moment to be able to grab it. You need to do it. The best do it, but it's not a given. Yeah. But for whatever reason, Green Bay just is really – those opportunities, the ones where you're just playing your position and you get the ball, those haven't happened this year for the most part. So that was good to see from Douglas's case. Of course, the ball gets turned back over to Buffalo on the very next play, and then Alexander makes a play on a ball. They start getting that stuff figured out a little bit. That was good to see because you're not going to play Josh Allen every week. You're going to see guys that aren't of that MVP-type ilk uh, that are in that conversation with a legitimate Super Bowl contender. That's where you want to see these turnovers and takeaways start to happen because if you're able to generate big plays off of them, I've said for a while, Mike, I felt like this defense, that's the only thing that's been missing. they got to defend the run better. They need to be able to get out of those four-minute offensive situations better. But – if they're able to take away the football, I still feel like the talent is there that they're going to be able to let that snowball a little bit. Yeah, I mean, those are the types of things we want to watch here moving forward as uh, as the Packers try to now, you know, the goal is to is to climb yourself back to 500 at some point here, right, and then and then see where things stand and see if you can make a run late in the season. Still nine games left to go, so two games below 500 doesn't put you out of anything. But it does uh, um, it does put you behind you know the eight ball a little bit well, because uh, um, because you just can't let uh, you can't let any more losses keep piling up here four in a row first time in six years the Packers have uh, have have been in this position yeah and you got to get to work uh, I mean we'll we'll preview Detroit on Thursday a little bit but. You know, people are going to look at that as a one-win team, and then you look at the way they've played at Ford Field. I mean, they came within three points of being the only team that, you know, has beaten the Philadelphia Eagles this year. I mean, that's that's the level at which they've played at home. Now they've had some injuries, they've had some setbacks, but it it, like there is something about that environment that they've been able to carry over that has not been there for them on the road. Now that being said, Green Bay's perspective, and I think this is the hardest thing, right, for the Packers, is that you played 
Buffalo so tough. You you did things well in that game. You ran the ball well. You dedicated yourself to the run a little bit more, and it helped open up some passing plays. Well, now on Sunday at noon Central Time, you got to go back from scratch again. You have to go back out there and earn it over those four quarters. Nothing that you did in that game that went well is going to carry over, so to speak. You have to be able to reset the Packers. If there was ever a time for them to play as close to four-quarter football as you can, this is the one you need because it doesn't get any easier, Mike, when you look at the schedule over the next month. Yeah, I think you make a good point there because we're going to talk all week about how well the Packers ran the ball, 208 rushing yards against the number one rushing defense in the league. But when that ball is kicked off in Detroit on Sunday, the Packers have zero rushing yards, and you have to earn every single one of them and reestablish that and prove that the way Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and all those blockers and the way they ran the ball in Buffalo was not was not just some sort of one-off or some sort of fluke, that this is something that can be the foundation of this offense moving forward as this receiving core continues to be in so much flux in terms of the injuries and availability and, and, uh, and young players finding their way. And so, this defense, Mike, in Detroit has been gashed routinely this year. 32nd in the league right now in total yards. Yeah. Their pass defense, they just made a, some – changes with their I think their cornerbacks coach this is also a week we don't know who the receivers are going to be at this point in time but this is also a week you feel like that area of the game has to come together too yeah and we'll definitely talk more about that on uh, on Thursday's show a little bit of sponsor business here West Sirius XM NFL radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, elsewhere in the NFC, just a quick rundown on where the top teams are. The Philadelphia Eagles with another impressive victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers, kind of a blowout there in the state of Pennsylvania. Eagles are 7-0, and remaining the only undefeated team in the NFL. The Cowboys um, were blowing out the Bears. Then it got close. Then they blew them out again. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so the Cowboys are 6-2. and The Minnesota Vikings are 6-1, and sitting atop the NFC North with a very comfortable lead. They beat the Arizona Cardinals in, in a very back-and-forth game, but one in which the Vikings, for the most part, um, had the lead in the second half. And the uh, it's interesting because as much as you know, people look at you know, surprise the Packers are three and five. You're surprised the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are three and five. The defending Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams are below 500 now. The surprise on the other side has got to be the Seattle Seahawks. They yeah. are five and three with Geno Smith at quarterback, and they just handed the New York Giants. The Giants' second loss of the season. The Giants still six and two, sitting in great shape, but they went out to Seattle and lost to the Seahawks team by two touchdowns. The Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll, man, they are they are in a position nobody thought they would be in as we approach the midway point of the 2022 well, season. Certainly, everybody that was kind of condemning them after the Wilson trade, right? I mean, you see how those two directions have gone so far. I it was really fun listening to Pete Carroll. Uh, at his press conference this week and was asked about if this is the most fun he's had. You remember that this is a 70-year-old man, oldest coach in the National Football League, and he sounds like a kid. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest with you, this what's happening with Geno Smith and even to some extent what's happening with Atlanta and Marcus Mariota right now, that's what makes this game fun. Because as much as it is about the guys that you put on the billboard for Sunday Night Football, 
it's those type of stories that I think are at the real heart of the National Football League. Now, are the Seattle Seahawks a Super Bowl contender right now? I don't think people would say that. But right, and you don't even know if they're going to be able to, no. to sustain it with with nine games left to go. I mean, five and three, that's a great start for them. But with nine games left to go, their season could go in a gazillion different but, directions, just like the Packers. But with what that division was supposed to be this season, that yes. they're even at the top of it right now. Absolutely. That's a strange little victory in and of itself. Yep. The other surprise, and I just want to touch on it really quickly, is the Minnesota Vikings. Because I know the quote came out this past week, I believe it was from Justin Jefferson, talking about how the league is kind of sleeping on them so far I would still say rightfully so the reason why I say that is not to disrespect the Vikings but they had a slew of changes this offseason they haven't blown out anybody I mean their, their biggest victory was that week one win over Green Bay they haven't won any other games by two scores yet I don't believe they've beaten anybody with a winning record yeah either. So, now obviously but, if they're beating teams they're handing losses to those absolutely. teams so those teams are going to have a harder time getting a winning record that being said that is a fact they have not beaten a team that has a winning record in the NFL right now. Detroit, New Orleans, Chicago, and then obviously Miami with the quarterback issues they had at that point in time. It is what it is. Now, yeah. that being said, you can only play the teams that are on your schedule. That's right. As things have been so difficult for the Packers, things have lined up a little bit easier for the Vikings. But over the next few weeks, maybe not this Sunday, but we will learn something about them. Buffalo, Dallas, uh, Patriots, and Jets coming up after that. So, what does that tell you? It tells you the Green Bay Packers need to get some wins, three and a half games back or whatever it is in the division right now. That has to start this Sunday. It absolutely has to start Sunday in Detroit. We'll talk more about that game on Thursday. For now, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team all week long. We'll have it for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. See you next time. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com dot com slash compatibility.